Welcome to this week's Weekly Grocery Guru with Andrew Grant. Andrew, how are you? Good morning, Darren. Yes, very good. Good, good. We're on episode 24, Andrew, and I hope we're not running out of things to say to our viewers. I sense we're not. What's in our post bag this week? Well, not necessarily post bag, but um, new news of a sort, I suppose. But um, maybe it's lockdown and I should get out more. But um, the world has turned on its head, as we all know. But I never thought I would see the day again when Tesco would grow its market share and Aldi would lose market share. Well, because, that sounds strange. Yeah, go on, tell me more. Yeah, because I mean, the, the history of the last, what, 10 years has been Aldi just going like that and Tesco slowly, you know, um, losing share every single month. And um, latest Cantar data has just come out. It's uh, very exciting for people like you and me, but um, um, I'm not sure a lot of people stay up late at night to, to wait for it. But it's staggering. Um, we talked to last week or the week before, I think, about, you know, this lockdown effect and how the malts have been the big winners. Yes, we did. Um, but obviously, you know, but would you really want to be a buyer this year facing last year's peaks? Oh, I mean, it's going to be, it'll be terrible for every buyer out there, every supplier year on year will just be hard. Yeah. No. Yes and no. Um, not so bad if you're a Tesco, Sainsbury's, Morrison's. Pretty bad if you're an Aldi or a Little. Okay. Uh, so what Cantar have very helpfully done is done a two-year um, change figure, two-year growth figure. So they've done a year-on-year -year figure for March and a two-year figure for March. So you can really see the effects of um, lockdown last year. Um, okay. So you're looking at some Cantar data, what's this, 12 weeks to end of March? Uh, 22nd of March. Uh, 22nd of March. Okay. Yeah. okay. And, and you're picking up on some observations in that data? What you saying? Well, yeah, so, so what is staggering is, you know, um, Tesco have actually um, grown market share, yeah. uh, 20, 26.8 to 27.1, so up 0.3. Um, but Aldi have lost 0.3, magically. Okay. Um, you've got the, you know, you've got Tesco growing um, ahead of the average. So they're growing at 8.5 versus multiples at 7.4. Um, Morrison's at 8.7, Aldi 1.5. Ouch. Yeah. So, so just, um, the, the average growth for a multiple, do you say it was 8.5? Uh, 7.4, Tesco 8.5. And Aldi's growing at six points less than that. Yeah. I mean, almost not growing. Wow. Which to oh. me shows the, you know, what happens when you haven't got an online home delivery presence. Right. And what nails that uh, even harder home, you look at Cardo. Do you have a guess what Cardo's growth is year on year? Well, so they're obviously very good at home delivery. That's their model. Um, no, go on, tell us. 34%. Wow. So, what, four times, um, yeah, four times Tesco. Now, we talked in our previous episode, I think it's a couple of weeks ago, about the Morrison's preliminary results. And their sales were up well, but their yep. profit had died because they were trying to manage COVID, buying PPE, labour in store, yep. blah, blah, blah. That, I guess, won't be the case for Ricardo, because the model's the model. That's a good point, actually, yeah. They're, they're, they're probably driving some very profitable sales. Um, although the point you just made, we like that back to Aldi. Imagine, you know, Aldi's operating margins are probably the tiniest in the industry. They don't divulge them 
Yeah. But they'll have had exactly the same costs as a Tesco, Asda, Sainsbury's, etc. But they're driving no growth. Right, right. So Aldi will be under a lot of pressure. So and as I said, it just it just shows this new world post post COVID, where you know the the growth is in online and home home delivery. And if you haven't got an online and home delivery presence, you're in trouble now. Um, you know, the other thing I find interesting, Asda still managing to grow quite strongly. And, you know, they haven't got, um, or the, you know, they, they've got the home delivery and, and online presence. They haven't quite got the, you know, the loyalty presence that a club card or a nectar card brings. Yeah. Because what I found, again, quite interesting, uh, and I mentioned it last week, um, a relatively big headline, Asda, 100, Asda start 100 million pound price war. Yeah. I think it was in one of the big the red top papers and, you know, um, Asda's new owners recognising that they can't allow Aldi to steal their customers. And about the only thing they've yep. got to fight on is price. Yes. yes. So great big, you know, £100 million yeah. price war. Yeah. Are you impressed? Are you going to be going down to Asda? For well, your, I mean, obviously £100 million is a big number and it's a good part of PR. I sense where this is going. Yeah, as, as does turnovers, 23 billion. Yeah. So 100 million investment is is 0.4p in the pound, less than a halfpenny in the pound. Now, obviously, they won't they won't bring they won't invest that 100 million on every single line. Yeah. But even if they took 10%, their top 10% lines, say, yeah. um, and invested that money, it's four pence reduction. It's 4p on a can of lager. Are you really going to cross the road for that? Well, you're not. When you put it like that, you're not. So it's a, it's a little bit like when the government say we're going to put 10,000 more bobbies on the beat and we don't end up with 10,000. We end up with fewer numbers than that. <laughs> well, it's not, it's not that, is it? It's, it's when they say what the investment is. I think Diane Abbott got caught out by that, didn't they, saying we're going to put 10,000 bobbies on the beat and it'll cost a million pounds. <laughs> And somebody said, oh, we're paying policemen 100 grand a year now, aren't we? <laughs> Something like that, wasn't it? Um, yeah, the one that gets me is the, the sofa warehouses and the, um, the home furnishing warehouses that you, you see on the out-of-town centres. And they go, you know, incredible, what, uh, £50 million sale. And you think, well, I, I personally aren't, aren't thinking of spending £50 million on a sofa. So what's £50 million mean? It's just a big number to bandy about. Coming back to your, your Cantar numbers, I so the, the, the bit I'm taking out from our Morrison's preliminary results look and the Cantar you shared today is the real darling of all this, must be a cardo, because their sales are up hugely and they haven't changed their model. So yeah. they must be the ones that are really profitable and really smiling from all this. You guess so, other than obviously if you do look at a cardo's uh, results, you know, their operating model is a very, very heavily capital invested sure. model, yeah. which will take a lot of years to pay back. But yeah, on the on the on the day to day face of it, um, they must have the biggest smiles of the lot on their face. I would have thought so. And um, just, but I said, I think just you know, bring it around. I think Aldi have got real problems. Well, have they started click and collect? They have, but I tried it because I'm actually quite an Aldi fan. Uh, yeah. You know, I think. The quality is superb. The price is no longer jaw-dropping, but still very, very good. Um, and other than having, the, yeah, other than them never having more than one checkout open and taking forever to get through, 
I quite like Aldi. Yeah. Um, so, and I've, I've had a look at their click and collect and it's poor. I and mean, in, it's, in what way? it's, it's clunky. Um, it's every store. I don't think it's every product. It's not, it's not seamless like, you know, a, a Tesco or a Sainsbury's um, experiences. Right. Um, and it's click and collect, you know. Yeah, it's different. You know, and obviously Aldi stores don't necessarily have the car parking and the space to make it easy to operate click and collect. Yeah. So, very, very, very you know, will, will they be going into, into vans? And the, the other thing that struck me, again, you know, going back to Asda's £100 million price war, very, it's very unsubtle, very brutal. And probably not going to work if it's less than a halfpenny in the pound. I can imagine what the likes of Tesco are doing, and they're doing it very successfully in terms of winning back Aldi customers. They'll be deploying a weapon that Asda can't deploy, which is club card data. Yes, yes. I, you can imagine Tesco being all over their shopper baskets, trying to work out which shoppers are still shopping in Aldi and what products they're buying yeah. and then particularly I guess home delivery stuff as we get post pandemic um, you know somebody buying all their toilet rolls in Aldi toilet rolls are a literally a pain in the ass to, to get back they're so bulky yeah. or bottled water that's yeah. the other one you buy you buy six two litre bottles of bottled water and try and carry those to your boot to your car you know, if you were Tesco, you'd be finding out which of my customers are buying their bottled water and toilet rolls at Aldi and then targeting them with like free home delivery vouchers or something. You would. And particularly because you're supposed to shop on your own, what you just said is even more exacerbated by the fact I've got to carry this whole damn lot myself. Yeah, I'm shopping on my own. Okay. So I think, I think you know, um, Asda at the moment seemingly doing okay, but you know, price is always a very blunt and very short-term tool and, you know, easily replicated the next day by your competitor. Yes. Whereas this very fine sort of, you know, that, that's that's the shotgun approach. Um, people like, you know, Tesco would be using the sniper approach of, you know, literally picking off customers and garnering back their loyalty and, you know, you know growing market share, coming back to where we started. Tesco grows its market share. That's that's a headline in a decade. That is. That is. And I, I love your metaphor there, the shotgun versus the rifle or the sniper approach. Yeah. yeah, I can see that as the shotgun Tesco rifle. Yeah, picking off their customers much more in a sophisticated way, understanding their shoppers, shopper insights, um, all that good stuff we've been talking about before. Yeah. So, um, yeah, incredibly interesting times. It'd be, it'd be so now fascinating because obviously not in this data is the effect of pubs and restaurants opening on Monday. Yes. So in when we see eight, well, maybe not April, maybe May's data, how much of that food and particularly alcohol spend just literally seeps away from the multiple sector? Yeah, yeah. Because if you read the press, you know, you cannot get a beer garden uh, reservation for love nor money and maybe that will continue i mean i guess it's going to largely depend on what the weather's going to be over our summer if it's a good summer then i guess the prediction is pub um yeah. for everyone yeah. and the sales for the multiples will go backwards yeah okay okay so uh, interesting to watch and for you know people like us that need to get out a bit more 
you know, waiting for the monthly Kantar data is, is, is something to something to something to look forward to and savor. Andrew, thank you very much. We'll see you next week. Thank you for your insight into multiple growth from the Kantar data. And maybe we'll touch on that in a month again and let's see what happens. Take care. Take care. Bye. Bye. Bye.